And there goes Roger. He runs away from us, like his glove in tow. Like he's got, I mean, he's like a baseball player. He jumps up on top of this generator and pulls himself up, literally like, like it almost looks like an impossible feat. Gets up on top of this girder, walks over to this other platform that was like an antenna platform. Yeah. And he's like, Gary, come up here, check it out. I was like, what the, f you know, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, so I like, you know, I go up there and it's the most incredible view ever. Like you got, you know, the New Yorker Hotel, Empire State, it was like just an incredible shot. So I'm like, oh my God, guys, get the cameras up here, you know. And his agent's like, Roger, what are you doing? Oh my God, get down, you're gonna kill yourself. He's like, shut up. And I'm like, hey, Roger's like, how quick can you get, like, can you do a Polaroid? I'm like, yeah, so I got my, I had an RZ, big medium format camera. I, I took a Polaroid of him just like in a wind up position with all these buildings in the background. And, we, and he threw it down to his agent. And he's like, all right, you got 10 minutes, you know, and we shot. I shot probably like four rolls of film with him up there. And they were some of the coolest images I've ever taken. And it was just the experience of like a guy like that. I mean, he was like the A-list pitcher of New York City yeah. and he just knew it was gonna be that cool. And actually, I mean, that, that, that doesn't happen. All right, welcome back to the Three Self Podcast. Hope everyone is well. Uh, this week's episode, I'm very excited to share. It's with Gary Land. Uh, Gary is the owner of GLP Creative. Uh, he is an award-winning director and photographer. Uh, so GLP does all kinds of uh, sports photography, uh, film, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he is legit. He's really legit. He's arguably, you know, one of the best sports photographers around. Um, yeah, yeah, he's worked with so many incredible athletes, uh, just about anyone significant he's worked with in the past 20 years, Tiger, LeBron, uh, name anybody. Uh, he's also worked with, you know, the biggest brands in the world from, from the Nikes and the Coca-Colas. Um, it's just a, a ridiculous list of, of clients that he's had. Um, and his studio GLP is right here in Quincy. Uh, I had no idea of this. Um, somebody hooked me up with Gary, and uh, I had no idea that uh, something um, at, at his level would exist on the South Shore. It's just more something like you see out in Hollywood. Um, so I walked in, and legitimately, you know, there's mannequins everywhere, and there's like, it's this massive, cool studio, and just designed really cool. And I really felt like I was out in LA. I was out in Hollywood. It was just, it was real. It was a really cool experience just going, uh, to GLP. Um, but yeah, Gary's a local guy, lives down in Situate, commutes into Quincy. Uh, he's just an incredibly interesting guy. Uh, a crazy story. He's, he's just upbeat. He's got all kinds of energy, really down to earth, cool dude, uh, with a really great story. So I'll let him, uh, tell the rest. Without further ado, the one and only, the super talented Gary Land. All right, I'm here with Gary Land. We're in Quincy, Mass. at the GLP studio here. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Dude, this place is like, 
I feel, I feel like I'm out, out in L.A. I, I'm not in Quincy right now. I don't know where I am. <laughs> but uh, this, this place is wild. It has that effect. It has that effect on people. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like my man cave away from my house because my wife would never let me have all this cool stuff. In, <laughs> yeah. in Are you house. living in Quincy or South Shore Actually, or where? Yeah, I live in Situate. Yeah. Yeah, I live nice. in Situate. And, uh, you know, I've got four kids. And, you know, my wife, we have a, you know, normal house, you know. So, like, a lot of the stuff in this place is not normal. So, <laughs> it's like she wouldn't really want that in here. This is, this is the, the man cave away from the yeah. house. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's just, just stuff that I've collected over the years and things that inspire me, you know, to try to create the coolest work I can. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, uh, I've been kind of combing through some of your work over the, over the past couple of weeks uh, when I first connected with you and everything. And, uh, but uh, before we get into all that, can we kind of take it back to how this all started and even just kind of life growing up and yeah. how we ended up here? Wow, I know, it's crazy. It's, it's, been, it's been a very long time, but it really doesn't seem like it. It's kind of flashbacks, so it's, I always talk about that. Actually, as you get older, that's what ends up happening, is you kind of, you kind of say, <laughs> damn, it went by in a flash. But uh, I grew up in um, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and um, fell in love with photography at a really early age and, and took photos of my friends skateboarding. You know, when the vert ramp scene you know, became a big deal, I, I kind of like gravitated to that and shot them, and then... I was into surfing, so I started shooting surfing. So it was kind of like this extreme sports thing I was really into. And um, I remember like I got a, one of my first paid jobs was like for this magazine called South Swell. It was like an Australian surfing magazine. And they wanted me to go to Puerto Rico and shoot some of you know the Virginia Beach's top guys, right? Yeah. Which is kind of a weird request. But I was like, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. down. So my, <laughs> it's actually my first flight and everything, too. Yeah. It was like, Drove the JFK, flew out of there to go to Puerto Rico, and man, it was such a good time. You know, I got to you know surf a little bit and and shoot, and I was getting some amazing footage, you know. Um, and then I remember, so it was like our last day there, and we we're shooting at this pretty amazing place, and all of our stuff got stolen out of our car. Like literally, a guy broke into our car, stole like not only did they steal you know, money or wallets. They stole all the film I'd shot on the job, all the cameras I had in the car. It was just such Oof. a bad scene. Yeah. yeah, so like, I got ended up getting out of photography for probably two years after that. Yeah. And then just, uh, I worked at a surf shop, and my surf shop started carrying snowboards, which was like, I didn't even know what a snowboard was. So this is still Virginia Beach? Virginia Beach, yeah. Surf shop, yeah. 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 So I ended up like, started really getting really curious about snowboarding. And um, next thing I know, I'm moving to Vermont. <laughs> and uh, with the intention to try snowboarding yeah. and then obviously, you know, brought a camera and then I started shooting all this snowboarding stuff. Like in the early days, like honestly, Killington had three snowboarders at the time. Yeah. And I became part of the, the original group of, of riders at Killington and I started shooting my friends snowboarding and it just led to this kind of like craze, you know, and met mm. Jake Burton at the early of the early days. And and that was like I spent the next five years shooting documenting the sport of snowboarding on the east coast and, and, you're, that, and you're living up in vermont at the yeah time? living yeah. in vermont i you know fluctuated from you know killington vermont to stratton vermont to yeah. stowe like I, went, I was a little bit everywhere yeah what, what was like i mean this is like pre like gopro era yo right? god so like i mean <laughs> this is all this early like? 90s yeah. early 90s yeah like what all you, film no digital yeah. yet yeah yeah and, so it was just a fun time, man. It was like yeah. the birth... I honestly consider it the birthplace of snowboarding as we know it. You know what I mean? It was like... It was the trial and error phase. Like, there was like 200 snowboard companies. Everybody was trying to come up with something proprietary that, that worked. Step-in bindings, high backs to low backs to no backs to baggy pants. It was like the kind of like hip-hop meets, you know, yeah. snowboarding kind of, kind of yeah. days. And it was honestly 
some of the funnest times of my life. We had such a good time. I was like, you know, bringing a backpack full of like not that much camera gear and just trying to make the best out of the East Coast, you know. Yeah. And, and you're making mostly videos? No, it was all or, still. All still. All still. Yeah, okay. All still. And then uh, my girlfriend ended up getting pregnant. And um, yeah, my girlfriend got pregnant. And then I was like, okay, there's no way I'm going to be able to live shooting, you know, trying to make a couple hundred dollars here <laughs> yeah. and there, you know, shooting stuff for magazines. So um, I ended up getting a job in Boston being the customer service manager for a snowboard company that mm -hmm. moved from Germany to Chelsea, Mass. Yeah, so how'd you end up in Germany? How'd you end yeah. up in Germany? Well, no, I didn't go. Did they, just... The German company. Oh, the German yeah, company. They, oh, okay. they yeah, they formed the snowboarding company. Yeah. And, and one of my friends became like, you know, the CMO. Yeah. And they they moved, opened up a teeny little office in Chelsea because it was where their boards were being shipped from into this like uh, container. It was kind of weird. It was like the distribution yeah. was perfect for them at the time, like getting in the boards in from Germany in yeah. here. And they had this kind of revolutionary step-in system. So anyway, I worked for them for like three years, learned a trade. I was customer service manager. I was still shooting pictures for the team. So it was honestly a good transition for me to go from being like not responsible, living <laughs> on a couch, shooting my friend snowboarding to like, okay... I got a real job. I got to start yeah. thinking about, you know, my f future family, my kid. Yeah. Um, and I did that for a while. And I mean, I've jumped around from job to job. I went from there to Solomon, worked at Solomon Skis, went um, and, and shot all their snowboarders there. Yeah. Um, and you're still, do you get into video eventually? No, or you video, still I, I'm stills? still into stills. So what, what year are we kind of I'm at? thinking I, so I started, so... A lot of guys back in the day, I, I started this company, GLP. GLP was yeah. originally like my retouching and production for just stills. Yeah. That was it. And then one of the clients I worked for really thought that I would do an amazing job directing, you know, for this, for Samsonite, for this piece of, of work. Yeah. And I was like really into it. I wanted to do it. So we hired, I hired a crew, a team to help me do the shoot because I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, yeah. I knew how to, I knew how to frame up something. And I knew how to tell a story, yeah. Um, but it was just like the equipment. I was you know, just confused. Yeah. So to be fun, to be fair, like you know, I just relied on other people to tell me who the right people to hire. So one of the guys I hired, who was my AD, was a guy named Greg Smith, Smitty, and who is now one of my business partners, which mm -hmm. is funny because we just got along really, really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from that moment on, the first time I shot that spot, I was infected. I got, I got bit by the bug and literally started shooting more motion. Now it took time, though, because like no one's gonna give you a motion job if you don't have an, an amazing, you know, reel or experience doing yeah, it. Yeah, right. So yeah, I, it's just I. That was kind of the foundation piece, and then I. Um, Red asked me to do something for them a long time ago. With they wanted to show that that their cameras could you could take stills from their from the motion and use gotcha. them in, in in like huge format situations like out of home yeah so i did this little cool dancing piece called geed and it was with one of the uh the winner this is actually a local boston kid named russell ferguson who won so you think you can dance nice so i hooked up with him went out to la and i shot this cool piece and you know that was the first time i really kind of did everything on my own and i, I, I fell in love with that piece and and hired Mark Grazia to edit it, who is actually now a partner in Trident with me. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been very loyal to the people that I've worked with in the past and brought them on board. You know, and I've always, the people that I have brought on board are always like, they're yes men, they're, they're can-doers. Because I know I've come from that corporate world and I know that we want to work with, you know, uh, our vendors who just get it done. You mm -hmm. know, they don't complain. You know, you give them a budget, they get it done, they make it happen, and they make it look better than you think it's going to look. And then that's yeah. that's my motto. Like, we we have to do that. If we want to continue to thrive and to grow, 
we've got a one, get the business. You know, and once mm. you get the business, you got to keep the business or try your best to keep the business for as long as you can. So I think we've done a really, really good job at that. And, yeah. you know, and I continue to grow as a director, photographer, creative director. You know what I mean? It's kind of playing a lot of roles here. Totally, but. yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious as to how, like, you go from, you know, shooting stills up in Vermont to, like, where you're at now. Because yeah. it's so hard to, like, fathom getting from like that point to like yeah. what what we're sitting in today tell right? me about it i, I mean it, it's it's hard to there's pass, no formula right? there's really no yeah. formula i think it's passion yeah. mm. big time mm. um i've always had passion for what i do and i kind of like there's ups and downs trials and tribulations you have to spend a lot of money to make money i've just kind of done everything literally most of everything i've done has been excuse the French, but ask backwards. Yeah. Like there's kind of formulas where things, oh, you go to school first and you do this and you start here and you do that. I, I, I kind of just like, just did it so unconventionally, you mm. know, like, and, and to, all right, so for stills, right? The way I think about a still, and, I, and I've done a lot of my own series and, you know, I've, I've done a lot of really weird shoots for myself, which have li lined li up a lot of business for me. What, what it is, though, is I, I think of a scenario or a scene or a movie, and I have to freeze a frame of that and make that live forever. So mm. I was already in the mood of telling stories. It was just the hard part is to find that one part of that scene that is good enough to take that still to create, right? Yeah, yeah. So the transition was a little easier than I thought. It was, it was hard in the sense of like, you have to trust a lot more people to make a, to make a you know a broadcast spot. Yeah. Like when you're the photographer, the photographer, you get in there, you're doing on it, most of it, everything by yourself. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? When you're actually doing a broadcast spot, all right, are you the director, DP? Are you actually operating the camera? Or are you going to sit by a monitor? I can't sit by a monitor and watch people make <laughs> shit for me. I literally have to be involved. Yeah. So I'm kind of an operating DP director. Mm. Um, I'll have a say-so on my, the way I want things lit. I'll have a say-so on you know, obviously the angle and, and how I want it to do it. And that's just, I don't know, whether it's, that, it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's just what I want to do because I care so much. Yeah. You know? And it, I, I know with just being kind of in the startup world myself, I find it hard, especially the things you're very passionate about, to delegate and trust other people with it yeah right especially yeah. If, you, if you're a creative guy and right as you just mentioned with the with the photos you're controlling the whole process you're proud of the you know end work right but it gets to a point especially with video yeah and you have so many moving parts that you you got to delegate and, and trust other people you do and it, and, it, and it continually changes like you know jumping from that actually like okay I'm, you're going to be in control of the lighting you're going to be in control of you know sound you're going to be in control of you're, you're going to operate camera b while i'm operating camera a you have to trust in a lot of people and it honestly is the same as what's going on now with my job so right now i have glp which is a production company which we have several directors and now we're starting to get boards in from big companies like let's just say bank of america or whatever mm. they 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 have a you know a set of boards that they're looking for a director to do that, obviously I want to do it, but is there a better director in my group that's going to have better stuff? Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, back in the day, the old Gary Land would have been like, man, I got to do it. You know, I would feel threatened by that. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, I want to do it. Why am I going to give it to somebody in my group? Well, now I own the production company and I'm going to make money. Am I going to make money on one part or no parts? Mm. So that's how I have to think about it. So I've grown as a person in that sense to realize that, you know what? You know, it's good to have people mentor people, and if they, if they, I'm not gonna say I rip off your style, or if they, they take a part of you with them, 
I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I used right. to think it was a bad thing, and I'd yeah. get weirded out. But as I've gotten older, I realize it's actually a great thing. I've, you know, and there's plenty of guys out there now that are making tons of money that used to work for me, who are like just insistent, yeah. who are completely doing what I do now, and it's very humbling to think about. You yeah. know, very cool. It is cool. Very cool. Yeah. So how do we how do we get from uh, uh, Virginia to Vermont and now now Quincy? How do we end up in Quincy? Yeah. So I. <laughs> Was in Vermont, and then you know my girlfriend at the time was from Boston. She went to graduate from Emerson. Mm -hmm. She was living in Wilmington. So I kind of like I was actually in the middle of a big shoot, the blizzard of '96. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm in like Georgia. I was just in D.C. shooting this this cover this story for Transworld Snow, and I got you know I got the phone call. Well, I called her on the payphone. Believe it or not, that was before <laughs> cell phones. I called her on a payphone just to check in, and she's you know told me what was going on. And I literally, we all drove like multiple days to get to Vermont so I could be with her. And it was a tough time because she had a, she was a, had a professional career and, you know, we didn't plan on having kids that early. And yeah. honestly, with, we had a long distance relationship, so that was tough. So we, anyway, I ended up packing up everything from Vermont. At that time, I was living in Manchester, Vermont. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Wilmington, got an apartment near her and just helped her with the whole pregnancy and tried to be there for her as much as I can to let her know that I'm not going to be that guy that just like says, yeah. you know, just takes off on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I had to change up everything. And honestly, it was scary. And I thought kind of my photography career was over. But when in fact, it was just beginning, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of funny to really think that because I just remember how I felt. And, you know, I did a lot of like catharsis crying moments, you know, yeah. it's like that yeah. Ace Ventura moment in the shower. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like crying and and, and honestly, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Honestly, and, and my wife helped me become more of a man. I mean, she cleaned up my credit. I, this was a mess. I'm living on people's yeah. couches, shooting pictures, didn't really care about anything else than snowboarding or skateboarding and shooting yeah. shooting pictures, you know? Yeah. And she kind of made me more responsible, which was really mm. great. So, I mean, I owe a lot to her. We're still together 20, yeah. year, 20 years this year. Wow. But So what we did was... Um, we actually bought our first house in Wilmington mm -hmm. and we lived there for a while and we ended up moving to Situate, you know, many, many years later. And, uh, I worked for Reebok. I had this major job at Reebok and I kind of ran all of their, um, kind of like archived all their prints, negatives, and this was film before digital. So it was like, I had to create a, help to create a system, a database management system for all of their prints, scans, Wow. You know, and it was yeah. an international database. So I thought it was my job. And um, at one point, somebody asked me if I wanted to go witness a photo shoot, a real photo shoot take place of one of our key athletes was Alan Iverson. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. like would totally love to. I was a very famous photographer. And, you know, I was excited about it. I knew who Alan Iverson was. And I had a little like, I forget, it was a Pentax K1000, you know, and a couple rolls of film. And I'm like, I'm just going to go bring it in case I get a shot of him or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So. I ended up uh, going to New York, anxious as hell, and I ended up getting some behind-the-scenes photos of Alan that, that were incredible, right? I mean, mm. there's a long story to that, and it would take up too much time to tell you about it, but some other time, I, I got these incredible shots. I went to my dark room, printed up these, like, 11 by 14s, and I hung them in my cube in, in my, at my office. There was, like, yeah. probably, like, three or four shots. And I remember one day, the president walks by and kind of did a double take, and then asked to see me in her office and I was yeah. like and she's a tyrant like she was a total tyrant people were scared of her I'm like oh my god and I never even really yeah you're getting let go I never even she never even knew I didn't even know she knew I existed so I go into her office and she's like what are those pictures in your desk and I was like oh the ones of Alan she was like yeah and 
So anyway, I told her I shot him during the spot and doing the commercial. I just, you know, I had my camera there. And then she kind of like made some weird faces and then kicked me out of the office. And then I, was, I, didn't, I thought I was in a lot of trouble. And sure enough, like later that day, I go back, she go, calls me back in her office and she asked if she could use the images in a, in a Rolling Stone ad. Cool. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So from that moment on, my job at Reebok, I instantly was moved from that position into a photographer at Reebok who mm. just shot all their shit. Like it was just kind of like, oh, they trusted me to do all the stuff. And then I became Alan Iverson's photographer. It was like, I got put into a whirlwind. I didn't know anything about shooting strobe, nothing. Was, yeah. I was like, you know, shot from the hip, camera, you know, you know, available light, you know, learned how to meter off my hand. I was a true film guy. Yeah. So I learned a ton. I mean, so I, you're going, you're in, are you in situation? I'm or? in Canton. You're in Canton. I'm in Canton, okay. living in Wilmington. Yep. I was there, so Reebok for eight years. So probably yep. in the four year mark or more, maybe in three to four years, we ended up moving to, to situate. Found yep. a cool spot, comp, good deal, good house, um, and moved closer to Reebok. Yeah. And, um, and that's how I got to situate. And then I was worked at Reebok for eight years. I mean, I shot everybody for them. Jay-Z, 50 Cent, Pharrell, you know, every sporting yeah. guy you can imagine that came through the door there, you know, like Edron James, Peyton Manning, his rookie year all the way through the end. You know what I mean? There's just, it's yeah. incredible the amount of content I shot because I went through all the phases of Reebok. I mean, I was like, I shot everything for Reebok. Yeah. So I ended up getting an agent the last couple years I was there. And the agent would just get me side jobs, you know, on weekends. Mm. It was just a good, make a little extra money. Well, totally. I got this job to shoot Lance Armstrong for the cover of Runner's World. Nice. And it was on a weekend. Yeah. They flew me out to Austin, Texas, shot it, no problem. Thought it was, you know, no big deal. Told my boss I was doing it. She was like, oh, that's cool, man. You know, like she was yeah. into it. She was very cool. She was a big advocate of mine. But um, I would say it was probably like two days after the magazine came out. So we're talking months later. Yeah. I'm like, I go into, I go into office, I go to my desk, my phone rings, and it's the front desk receptionist, her name was Mary, she was like, hey, uh, Gary, did you talk to Janet yet today? I'm like, that's my boss, Janet. Yeah. I said, no, and she's like, you need to talk to Janet. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and so I hung up with her, and the phone rings right back again, and it's one of the, my, one of the guys that worked for me, Abe. And he's like, hey, Gary, they're not letting me in. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, Mary's got me holding at the front desk, they won't let me in the building. I'm like, oh boy. So I said, hold tight. And I, so I hung up the phone. I walked to my, my boss's office, and she's walking out to meet me. So we meet in the middle. We go into the room, and it's, I call it the firing room. Yeah. So Because it's like, I was like, uh-oh, what's going on? So I ended up getting fired yeah. for doing that photo shoot because Lance Armstrong was a Nike athlete. And mm, Nike had sent gotcha. a, vid, a, a B-roll crew to shoot it for their website. I had no, I saw the B-roll crew, but I didn't know what they were there for. So it's for Nike. Mm. So Nike put a video of me shooting... Lance Armstrong on their website. Uh, and this was right after Adidas bought Reebok. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, get rid of that guy. So Damn. I got fired, yeah. which was the best day of my life. Yeah. It was the worst, best and worst day of my yeah. life. So that's when I had to go look for my own place. I wanted an office because I was doing, I was really heavy now and into retouching and, and, and just, you know, I had some side jobs and I knew my agent was going to kick in full gear. So I found a place in Quincy or Rockland. I'm sorry. We were yeah. in Rockland for a while. So... So it's all these stepping stones, right? So, yeah, so Rockland, yeah. I was there for a few years. Had a little small hole in the wall in an old shoe factory. And, you know, Abe Sands and myself worked there retouching, saving our money, doing photo shoots. You know, Reebok actually, believe it or not, gave me a lot of freelance work, did nice. some stuff for them. And we saved up our money and, like, 
I think it was three years we were there, and then we did a lot of research, real estate research, wanted to be close to Boston, we couldn't afford it, so we found a place in Quincy. Mm. And we put a lot of money into it. We actually had it completely redone. It was about you know 5,000 plus square feet. And here we are in the same room. We've been here over almost 10 years now. So I'm in the process now of I want a bigger space and yeah. I'm doing bigger productions and I'm shooting, you know, I went from shooting skateboarding to now shooting huge brand pieces for NASCAR and Titleist and Nike and it's weird. It's surreal. Yeah. I don't have an answer <laughs> yeah. for it. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a very lucky son that we got, you know, like yeah. I, but it's, I, you know, I'm very humbled by it as well. And yeah. I'm not, I, I, everybody tells me like, you're the nicest, coolest director to work with because I don't have an attitude and I don't ever want to have an attitude because I... I understand there's a lot of people that do what I do, but I just want to have fun doing it. And if you're not having fun, you know, find something else to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Life's too short, man. Yeah. You know? So of all the, in, I was checking out your site too, and you, you got the NASCARs, you got, I even saw like Tiger Woods yeah. and LeBron yeah. on there and all kinds of people, all kinds of amazing, big, you know, worldwide yeah. companies. Like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. What, what would you say your, your favorite experience has mm. been if you had if you had to choose one i mean experiences and jobs i i break it down into like there's moments in my career where it was like the oh shit moments like yeah. like wtf or like you know i've yeah. had a lot of those yeah this is tiger woods I'm, yeah yeah well tiger <laughs> woods I sh- tiger woods i shot before the whole incident uh, and he was the nicest guy ever. Yeah. 50 Cent, I, I had a relationship with 50 Cent. I used to shoot him, like literally I've probably shot him, I don't know, 30, 40 times. Yeah. And I've created a library of images with him and we became so close that they ended up firing me because I was so close, I was more close to them than his management team was yeah. and they got jealous. It's really yeah. funny. 50 Cent <laughs> gave me his dog. His dog just died. I had his dog for like 10 years. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's like those kind of situations, yeah. but one in particular was really cool was Roger Clemens of the Yankees. Mm. So I did this shoot with him one time, and he had a reputation for me and kind of a not a nice guy. We're in this high-rise building in New York City, like 30 floors up, something like that, or even more. And we're shooting in a studio, and it was like him and Pinstripe, so we had this artificial mound built, and it was like this kind of muslin backdrop. It was for Reebok Classic. It was very, yeah. campaign was all over the place, right? Yeah. So I'm shooting, we shot the stuff, and it was in between, you know, him, you know, changing out, we were changing out the background a little bit, and he kind of like walks over to the window overlooking, you know, Manhattan, and he's like, man, what, it'd probably be really cool to shoot on this roof, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it probably would, you know, I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. want to? And he was like, yeah. So I was like, holy shit, and I, like, I told one assistant, like, go find the superintendent of this building, so he did, and the superintendent yeah. came out, was like, I can get you on the roof. If you sign a baseball, (laughs) so he signed the baseball for his kid, and we go here. We are. It's me, Roger Clemens, my two assistants carrying these hand camera cases, and his um, and Roger's agent, and we're in like a freight elevator, screaming to the top of the roof. Right? I'm so excited because I'm like, he's literally in a full on baseball uniform with cleats and everything. Yeah. And he's all about it. So we get to the roof. The thing opens up, and it's like there's this big fence, kind of like polluting the background. You couldn't even see the background. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, you look like you're on a roof, but there was really no, it didn't look cool. Yeah. So I was kind of bummed out. And I was like, oh man. He was like, yeah, that sucks. Roger was like, yeah, I thought it was going to be like a really cool view. And then we, the agent's like, okay, let's go. And we turn around and Roger's like, wait a minute. And there it goes Roger. He runs away from us, like his glove and toe. Like he's got, I mean, he's like a baseball player. He jumps up on top of this generator and pulls himself up literally like 
like it almost looks like an impossible feat. Gets up <laughs> on top of this girder, walks over to this other platform that was like an antenna platform. Yeah. And he's like, Gary, come up here, check it out. I was like, what the? F-? You know, I'm like, oh my he, god. He, he's fired up to get the yeah, shot. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like, you know, I go up there and it's the most incredible view ever. Like you got. You know, the New Yorker Hotel, Empire State. It was like just an incredible <laughs> shot. So I'm like, oh, my God, guys, get the cameras up here, you know. And this agent's like, Roger, what are you doing? Oh, my God, get down. You're going to kill yourself. He's like, shut up. And I'm like, hey, Roger's like, how quick can you get? Like, can you do a Polaroid? I'm like, yeah. So I got my, I had an RZ, big medium format camera. I, I took a Polaroid of him just like in a wind-up position with all these buildings in the background. And, we, and he threw it down to his agent. And he's like, all right, you got 10 minutes, you know. And we shot. I shot probably like four rolls of film with him up there, and they were some of the coolest images mm. I've ever taken. And it was just the experience of like a guy like that. I mean, he was like the A-list pitcher of New York City, yeah. and he just knew it was going to be that cool. And actually, yeah, yeah that, that doesn't just, happen. Yeah, instead of just walking away. Yeah, like, like I'm that's not your doing job this to find the spot. Like right? oh, yeah. I was ready to walk away. And he yeah. was like, "No, Gary, we're doing this." You know, it's <laughs> like what? Like yeah. it was just it actually taught me something that day too because it was like, you know. If, if the opportunity you have to kind of like dig and find these opportunities sometimes you know what I mean like mm. like just because something looks a certain way maybe you know there's another way around it you know and he found that way that was his shot like he yeah. created he saw it and he created it I just shot it yeah. so that was pretty amazing and, I, and it was just a special moment and there's been a lot of moments like that in my career and when everybody always like oh what's your favorite time I'm like I've got so many good ones like yeah it's like, you know, the NASCAR thing I just did was insane. I mean, I just shot two weeks of work on green screen and then out in the desert racing cars through, I mean, the <laughs> yeah. desert in California. You know, we had used a Russian armored car with a screaming at 150 miles per hour with a huge 30-foot crane on it. And I'm in the drive, you know, I'm in the freaking back seat, you know, <laughs> yeah. looking at the camera. And then I got, you know, drones flying everywhere. It was just like yeah, all cool. the toys, bells and whistles. Yeah. And that stuff never gets old, man. Yeah. It's just How has that evolved from kind of when you originally started video to, yeah, now, now you get the drones, you get all kinds of stuff. It's just finding other ways to get cool shots that mm. you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. You know, and then the technology with digital has just gotten so good. And I'm, I'm we're living it every week. It's like a new thing comes out. Yeah. I just the other day took delivery of two new 8K, you know, helium sensor reds, you know, which Ooh. is like, and yeah. I already have two dragons that are 6K. It's like, do yeah. I really need them? Like... But Red's like, you need them. Like, so I'm pretty good friends with some of the guys at Red, and they're like, we want you to have these cameras because we don't want you out there shooting 6K. Yeah. Which is really weird. I'm not Michael, I'm not a big, you know, big time movie director, <laughs> yeah. but they really made it yeah. convenient for me to get these cameras. So Very now it's cool. kind of like a dog and pony show. I'm showing up to set with, you know, the state of the art yeah. stuff. And they've been, that company's been really good to me. A lot of guys like Ari, I've shot them both, and I mm. just really like, I like Red a lot. They're, yeah. they've, they've been great. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So we were, we were talking a little bit about it before, but uh, can we talk about what's it been like being in Quincy? You mentioned yeah. a lot of a lot of people would turn towards New York for kind yeah. of big projects in the past, and you guys being in Boston, you see it as an advantage, or I see Quincy as an advantage because I feel like if you're in Boston, you're kind of stuck in Boston, yeah. and it's just too congested. You know, you can't park anywhere. Yeah, I'm not I'm not open to foot traffic. You know, I just have clients coming in, so. Quincy has grown. I mean, in the last 10 years, I've watched this place transform, you know, and I appreciate diversity. There's the greatest restaurants, food, um, the promises of, of, you know, of growth and, and, you know, um, 
you know, just changing Quincy's landscape, you know, and making it more efficient and, and to get to from different locations, they've done all that. Yeah. You know, it's really a cool spot. I've, I mean, I have no complaints, really. I've never had an, an issue here. Yeah. Never had a break-in. Never. There's, it's very safe. Um, you know, it's a quick drive from where I live, and it's scenic, and, you know, and the people are nice. And it's just, you know, I didn't know what to expect coming here. And yeah. I fell, I've literally fallen in love with this town, and I'm literally trying my best to stay here. Yeah. I've lit- I'm fighting to stay here. Yeah. Because now we're growing out of this spot. I want to be here. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of opportunities elsewhere in Boston and Weymouth and Quin- and uh, in Braintree, but I just kind of want to stay in Quincy. Yeah. I love it, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, what's it been like uh, in terms of getting projects? Being, being here versus not having, out in L.A.? Not a problem. Not a problem, yeah. It, it, because, and it's weird, I didn't know why or how, but it, it, the reason why is because... If you put out the good work, if you put out good work and you're passionate about something, like I said, no matter what it is, um, people will find you, especially nowadays with yeah. all the different social media platforms and, and, you know, being, having a presence online. I mean, like what we're shooting this, this podcast, I mean, yeah. what, this wouldn't be irrelevant back in the day because you, where is it going to live? Right. There's places for things to live now yeah. and there's easy ways to find you. So my thing has always been... I shoot a lot of my own stuff. I really do. And I spend a lot of my own money doing things for myself. And a lot of people don't do that because they're either too worried about making the next dollar or I can't spend this money. And I don't think that way. I yeah. couldn't even tell you what I've made in the last five years. No yeah. idea. I really don't. I don't know what I make each year. Mm. As long as everybody's taken care of and I can, I'm not worried about paying bills. I just, I think if I know about it, it'll mess me up and it might you know, put yeah. a stint in my creative flow and, and yeah, me trying it. to do stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just want to be able to put out the work that I want to do. And if you're happy and passionate about the work you put out, people will find you. I just, it happens. Mm. That's the only, because there's no formula. It's not like, oh, if you do A, B, C, and D, you're going to get to the E. It's yeah. not, that's not, it, I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. Because yeah. there's a lot of great photographers out there that don't have work. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with personality. Obviously, you can tell I talk a shitload. I'm always talking. <laughs> so there's part of that, whether that people that like, no, that whether helps, people right? hate that or not. It's I sales, mean, right? You know? I, I'm yeah. a sales guy. Yeah. I like selling myself. I'm a happy person. Mm. Um, I surround myself with the same people. So mm. every time we work with someone, they're like, oh, your crew is really awesome. We try to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, because sometimes shooting is not that comfortable. And especially if you're working with celebrities who hate that stuff. It's just another, you know, hour for them just to, you know kind of be taken advantage of and we don't treat people that way yeah we want people to feel like they're you know they have to feel like they're a part of something do you know what I mean yeah totally and, I, and it's the same way with agencies like these agencies hire these production companies to do a job and you can't have an attitude you know I go with the whole attitude of like listen we're collaborating together we're becoming a partner to help you we're you know the content that we would create we want to create cool content because it's your content too yeah you know what I mean so there's there's really no attitude yeah yeah so to uh Somebody that doesn't really understand like the whole process when it comes to a photo shoot or a yeah. video shoot or whatever, like myself, really. Um, but I do have gotten into like you know just doing basic like iPhone vlogs and stuff, yeah. you know, just to develop content and things like that. And like I'll go to edit the you know the footage on my on my laptop, you know, yeah. on my my MacBook, and I'm like, it's a pain in the ass. Like it's <laughs> like you know you're uploading like. You know, yeah. I, I well, the phone can shoot in 4K now. I know, know? I so know. it's pretty cool. Um, but my computer's gonna blow up. Like, um, you know, it's just a pain in the ass, right? You need legit equipment. You need 
Like, I, I found a new respect for it just to make a basic, you know, four-minute video. Right. right? Um, taking footage from your phone and making a four-minute video. So to somebody who, like, you know, uh, somebody, a potential client that comes to you. Yeah. And you quote them some, like, you uh, know, crazy, crazy amount figure. and they, <laughs> they, you know, think it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, can you, like, talk about all the stuff that goes into it? Um, wow. Into, like... Yeah, I mean, just say it from a high level. Yeah, it, equipment is crazy expensive. Yeah. I mean, you have, there's just so much that goes into a shoot, and obviously there's different levels of productions. Yeah. There could be something very simple where I could just show it with my camera and shoot stuff. I don't really get those jobs as much nowadays, mm. just because my name. I've been around a while that like my name is associated with like high end or expensive, so yeah. I always get that. We yeah. can't afford a Gary Land. <laughs> like, sure you can. You know, like. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but I've kind of like been pegged as that guy for a while, like because of, bad you know. Problem, but right? I mean, like, yeah. like fees, fees are anywhere, you know, you know, from zero up to a lot. I mean, it's like you know, I hate to throw out numbers because it's just so random. Yeah. You know, I don't usually turn down jobs yeah. unless I, it's something I just don't want to do. Mm. You know. Yeah. But like the equipment is insane. Like for instance, I got a you know one of my clients wants to use a, a motion control. Uh, arm like a bolt system on a job and just to have that motion control brought in from New York and you have to have people operate it it's like thirty thousand dollars yeah fifteen to thirty thousand dollars just for that yeah so like that's a lot of money for people totally you know or then you got the red cameras that rent out for you know a thousand dollars a day and then the lenses are another 700 you know it's it all is what real money for instance I just I literally this year I, I've I can't even tell you how much money I spent. I, don't, I hate to even tell you, but I I got a lens. I bought a lens this year, and the lens was just seventy thousand dollars just for the lens. Just for the lens. Yeah. But I needed that lens because there's so much things I'm shooting, and if I rented it all the time, it's just mm. it's easier if I buy it and I can rent it out. And over a couple of years, I'll pay itself. It'll pay itself off. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's value in lenses. Just stuff costs money. And no one has a clue because it's not something you normally buy. Yeah. So you don't really know how much things are. Totally. But it's just like once you have a camera, there's like the rails you need and you need the mounting system and you need, I mean, it's just like, for instance, the lens I bought was $70,000. <laughs> I needed a matte box for that. So to buy an extra matte box, I needed to have a special uh, head. Yeah. And the head was what? $8,000. And I had to yeah. have the stick. So by the end of the day, you're, you're spending $100,000 for the $70,000 to use the $70,000 lens. Yeah. And that's just Crazy. one example, yeah. but it's just, but look, there's guys out there making really cool stuff with DSLRs, you know, and um, sometimes you can't tell the difference. I mean, yeah. I've done it. I shot my first short film was with a five, the first 5D that came out. People to this day are like, man, that's an amazing piece. Where did you shoot that? And I'm like, dude, I was handheld on a 5D, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and, uh, and used Canon lenses. I mean... I can't do that now because I'm working with such high-end clients. You show up with a DSLR camera, you're like, okay, this guy's an amateur. Right, right. I have to show yeah. up. So I'm not saying dog and pony show because that's like too fake, but you have to show up with the proper gear because these guys are used to seeing people with the proper gear. Mm -hmm. And they'll completely quickly call you out. And not to mention, there's a compression thing where you know, there's, you know, know, all these other cameras have a, a compression value that's not right or the color science isn't great or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, lenses are so much better. The PL mount lenses are amazing lenses. Like, we use a lot of Zeiss glass and stuff. Um, it just, the list goes on. Totally. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, on the, yeah. On the, on like kind of the editing and kind yeah. of, kind of making the footage come mm -hmm. to life, right? Like, mm -hmm. I get pissed off when I'm like, you know, I go to upload a YouTube video and, uh, you know, or export from like Adobe Premiere, and, yeah. it, it's, yeah. and it's like it takes six hours, you right. know. 
yeah. um, in in the amount of storage and all. Like, there's yeah. a lot of shit people don't realize. Oh yeah. On, on the editing side, that's like, you know, you somebody mentioned big ass servers earlier. We have huge servers. You need them. Yeah, and yeah. huge processors. So our computers yeah. are not store bought; they're like literally made. Yeah. So we have an Apple business account. So every time we buy a new system, it's built at the factory and then shipped to us because we use special processors. Yeah. I mean, we're working with tons and tons of data. So yeah. if we just use one off the shelf, we would literally wouldn't be able to get any jobs done because they're just not fast enough for the jobs that we're doing. Yeah, right. For the normal consumer who's doing you know smaller stuff, they're great. But like the pro you know devices that we're using they're all updated with like bigger processors more ram yeah. um uh, solid state hard drives that right. can control you're paying you know for I mean? all that all that stuff yeah. and then like so you're taking a, a um, apple you know imac pro or, or whatever or the new um we call we call them vader tubes they're like dark vader helmet but i don't even know what their the proper name for them is but they're triple, double, triple the normal price because you're changing all the guts in it. It's the same. It's almost like you know, you, you know, like a hockey player's you know equipment. Yeah. Like they're not, you know, they wear a, whatever a Bauer, you know, Supreme S uh, skate, but it's not that same skate. Yeah. You know, right. By the time they get <laughs> yeah. it, it's completely modified for their yeah. specs. So it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. You know, we need the best equipment. Things are going to be fast and efficient for us to get the workflow done. And honestly, I don't know a lot about it anymore just because mm. I have specialists that handle all that stuff. Yeah. But I know that they're constantly, yeah, you totally. know, developing and, and, and creating new ways to be faster and more efficient because the workflow needs to be faster and more efficient. Yeah. So it's like, and the equipment, it's, it's honestly, I think the equipment is catching up and it's 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 moving along with the with the requests and with what we're supposed to be doing like mm. we, it, but it is expensive like the servers max what do we have how many terabytes of server space do we have now it's actually beyond terabytes now isn't it yeah we're talking like almost 250 terabytes worth of stuff yeah so 250 terabytes smoking at one time yeah. backing up all of our equipment because every shoot that we do and then we're at like petabytes at yeah. this point with all of our wow yeah our yeah. Yeah. yeah wow but it, it, but it's, but it's great because it's, it's not like the technology is not, you know, continually moving as the cameras are continually moving and as yeah. you know the files get bigger. So for instance, if you go to 8K, that means you have 2,000 more pixels than the 6K, right. which means there's more data, which means you need more storage. It's just like a yeah. vicious circle, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it's so, fun. It's it, yeah. it's fun to be a part of that. Yeah. Because at some point, it's it's gonna kind of like come to a plateau. It has, has to, to, right? Oh yeah. It can't continually get. Yeah, back. it has to because like you won't, it's like this. You won't be able to use it anymore. Life. It'll get to a point <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, okay, this is overkill. And it might even go backwards and yeah. just be an efficient backwards way. Mm. Like they might say, it's more like it's just too much data. How about we make the synth, those pixels or the the sensors better, but it's going to be less data, but your file will look just as good. It's yeah. going to get to that point, right? You know, right? Yeah. So what yeah. Did, what are some of the things you guys got going on now? I know you. Mm -hmm. So you recently did some. Alan Iverson thing, right? Some oh, Alan yeah. Iverson yeah, I book, did a right? book. I did a book, which was a bucket list thing for me because I had yeah. 10,000 images of him over the years yeah. that I created, and I just wanted to put that out there for him for his induction into the Hall of Fame. Cool. And uh, that's behind me now, and I'm so glad I did it because it was one of those things I always wanted to do. So yeah. I did that. I'm actually working on a graphic novel that I've been working on for the past eight years. Very cool. So yeah. there's, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to, Pitch that to Netflix as a TV series. It's, I have a lot of options there for yeah. this thing, but it's really, really cool, and it's really close to me. And uh, I shot it all locally, so it's actually what it is. Yeah. It's this graphic novel. Instead of it being storyboarded out with you know pen and ink or you know illustrations, it's actually real. I shot it, so it was like real characters, 
locations all around Boston, and yeah, it just cool. you know anybody that's seen it is like, what am I looking at? You know, because yeah. it's very it's kind of sci-fi. It's it's really really cool, and um, it's either gonna make it into either a movie, a TV series, or I'm just gonna put it up in some glamorized way on my website. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know that, and then you know the company's changing as well too. Like uh, we're looking to potentially do more agency work, you know, so we're, we're a content house right now and create yeah. a lot of content. We're looking to do stuff like, uh, brand identity and, you know, activation as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what's kind of like, what's kind of like next step growth, right? Like you're doing a lot of, it's mostly commercials and mm -hmm. that sort of stuff when it comes to video and then, uh, still doing obviously killer yeah. photography stuff. Movies. Movies is next, right? Next. That's yeah. kind of the, the logical Yeah, direction. that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, yeah. I, that's what I want to do. I'm super passionate about, you know, cinema. I want to do a movie. Um, yeah. I've got some ideas. I've got some people that want would back it. Yeah. What type I, of funding do you need to, like, oh, man, do a movie? I, mean, I would say yeah. $20 million, I yeah. could probably do a really decent movie. Yeah. You know, because things like that, these guys invest $20 million, you're going to make yeah. $200 million or a, or $100 million, you're great. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. return it. So it's like trying to make a movie it's little with, with a little budget as you can is, is enticing to a lot of these Hollywood executives because they need to make money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so if you go out and spend $200 million on a movie, Jesus, you need to make, you know, which is, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I'm, honestly, I could probably do one for ten. I mean, it just depends on the movie you're making, yeah, right? I exactly. mean, some some of the ones I'm thinking in my head, I know, oh, I probably need <laughs> twenty million. This is a lot of like CG. There's a lot of sets. You know, I like I would prefer to do things like in camera. Like I'm a huge fan of like the way J.J. Abrams treated Star Wars. Like he used like real sets and it felt real. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and I know CG is great and it looks good. Then look at Prometheus. I mean, as far as like you know. It got bashed for the storytelling part of it, which I, I liked the film because I thought it was interesting. I'm a big alien nut anyway, so yeah. it's like, but to see what they did with the CG and creating like environments, and it, it, they did a really good job and it was very believable. But there's something about getting the performance out of your actors, and also you being excited about shooting like on a real set. You're seeing it. It's like you get excited by the, the, the you know, everyone. It's not like you don't have a block of green, you know, chroma key green, you know thing that you have to interact with it's yeah. like you're literally looking at something and it makes you feel a different way you yeah. know what I mean and that's I think that's the difference for me and yeah. that's probably how I will treat most of the stuff that I that I do cool what yeah. have you seen in Boston I mean I know like Boston for movies over the past 10 yeah. 20 years has become a pretty hot mm -hmm. place to shoot and, and do and I think a lot of that you know is because of popular actors from around here too yeah, like Wahlberg like and Wahlberg stuff, yeah. and Damon and all mm -hmm. them and um but, uh, yeah, what have you kind of seen in terms of movies in the Boston area? In, in wow. Yeah. It's so funny. And it's funny because I'm not like, I mean, my son is more of a movie junkie than I am. Yeah. Like, I, I like movies, but I don't focus on who made them. Or it's so weird. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I've, and it was the same thing with me with photography. I just kind of get into a movie just for the way it looks or the way it feels, you know, makes me feel. Yeah. But it's like, I can't, so like, I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you all the movies that were made in Boston. Yeah. I mean, I know there's been like The Departed was done here. Yeah, and there's, like there's been The a Town, yeah. you know, like, yeah. there's a lot of those movies and recently, uh, some of the ones about uh, the uh, Marathon bombing. I think mm. it was Marathon, I forget what the name of it is. I haven't yeah, seen any of those. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Love the Town, that yeah. was a great movie. The Departed was great. Um, 
you know, the, the box with Cameron Diaz and stuff was filmed here too. And that was a pretty cool film. Um, uh, surrogates with Bruce Willis yep. was filmed here. Yep. And that was pretty cool. I, again, you notice I go to all like the sci-fi ish type yeah. movies, but <laughs> yeah. no, there's a lot of great movies that are filmed here. Um, and, and they don't even have to be movies that are like a list. There's been a lot of great, you know, uh, indie films that have been shot here too, that have done really good. Well on the circuit, uh, done really well on the circuit. Um, you know, I, it's exciting for me though because it gives you a chance, like a film, a movie can actually, you can let a story breathe over time. You mm. know, where it's like sometimes we're so forced to tell a story in such a short period of time, it's harder to do, I think. Yeah. You know, and mi literally me going from a still, which is like the one shot, you know, which is mm -hmm. really hard to tell that story, to, you know, a 30 second or a 60 second spot to a two minute short story um, is better because you have more time to tell it. But a movie, you know, you have a lot of time to tell that story. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's harder because there's more content. You got to be more thorough. And there's, you know, oh my God, the editing part of that, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I'm not yeah. an editor. Yeah. I can only imagine editing a, yeah. a two hour piece because we just did a, I just did a short five minute film for the opening of the Hatch Awards, which is in Boston, big, cool. big film awards thing. Yeah. And it was like, my editor's like, Jesus, dude, five minutes is, it's no joke. And then you have to color grade it. So, like, once we, you know, get our edit done, then it has to go out and all of the shots have to be color graded because, you know, there's just, you know, to make it all look yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it was difficult. It's just, yeah. it's all, it's all time and money and difficult. It's yeah. just, you know, and unless you're in the business and know it, it's, you can never fathom how much stuff costs. Totally. Yeah. All right. So Crazy. I got, I got 25 million for you. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you, what project are you doing? What, what do you, what movie are you making? Probably this movie that I have a script called Artifice, which is, um, it's actually really cool. It's the story of a little girl and a military robot. Nice. And um, and it's their journey to find her her father. Mm -hmm. But in reality, the little girl's actually the robot, and the guy the robot is actually a a, a, a soldier who's been you know literally you know legs amputated, arms yeah. sewn into the suit. But yet, you know, the twist not only is she the robot, but she's a weapon of mass destruction that he has to deliver to the enemy. So there's this love story. <laughs> nice. There's, a, there's yeah. a love story that builds yeah. between the two as they, as as this journey unfolds. So in the end, he has to make a decision whether he's going to go through and detonate, you know, this little girl, yeah, or, you know, take you know, kind of abort the mission and live out the rest of his life, you know, in his normal way as he can. So it's yeah. like a really cool story. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so that one I think I would do. Yeah, a lot of my friends would say probably not because I have other ones, you know, and they like it yeah. better. But I really want to film this one because I, it's just near and dear to my heart. So. Yeah. Now, is that something like what's the process like for that? Do you literally just write a story? Yeah, I wrote a story. Just like yeah. like a almost like a book or like um not really more like just a script. Just, yeah. It's like kind of yeah. because very it's almost like a you know. There was ideas that I sketched up, like I pictured scenes, and then I developed those scenes, and then it was like, you know, okay, what's the purpose? Who are these characters? What are they doing? Um, I met with a couple other writers in Hollywood, and you know, guys that had experience on big films, and then they took a stab at it, and you know, kind of add to it. So, there's been like four different iterations of this of this actual script. Yeah. Um, it went from being called um, Carrying Mary to Reload to Artifice to, so it's like. What I basically did was took what I wrote and what a couple other writers wrote, and I kind of found the best elements, and that's kind of what it is. So it's a it's a process. It's yeah. a crazy process. Yeah, cool. But um, you're actively pitching. I yeah. will be actively pitching, yeah. but I've been so busy I haven't had a chance to. Yeah. Um, and I'm basically I have to take those four scripts that I have now and kind of narrow them all down because right now they're o they're only all 
different their own their own uh, thing. So mm. what I wrote, I really loved, but I felt like these other guys had better telling. I'm a, I'm not a storyteller. I'm not a writer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wish I was. You know, mm. but I'm not. So I, I trusted these guys who have had experience, and they but they all have their own different ideas. That's what's so crazy. It's yeah, like, yeah. And then you're like, so what I'm doing is taking little pieces of them, and obviously those guys will all get writing credit. Mm. But whether it happens or not, who can? T- I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that business. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's you know what? It's I'm going in with no expectations because I just know. And what I've heard, that business is really cutthroat. You never know. I mean, I might bring a script to somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, you're not the right director for it, but we'll buy the script from you." Am I willing to do that? Sure. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I want to direct something because I know I can. And you know, again, it goes back to the whole passion thing. Like, this is what I want to do. So obviously, if you do something, you put everything into it. It's gonna be good, you yeah. know, if you know what you're doing. Totally, totally. We're, well, so, we're yeah, we're, we're getting somewhat low on time here, but yeah, no uh, worries. Um, I had a lot of fun. That was good. Yeah, this, this has been awesome. <laughs> this I still can't get over the studio, dude. Like, hey, I, you're welcome. I'm gonna, I'm, come yeah, by I'm gonna, anytime and hang I'm out. Have take a cup a walk of coffee. Yeah, and get some get some shots. But yeah. um, so I had this thing called uh, the Daily Stoke. I call it a Daily <laughs> Stoke, right? Yeah. And the idea that. You know, I've, like you, I'm sure, have had the, the privilege of, of traveling around throughout, you know, the U.S. and beyond. And uh, every time I come back to Boston and the South Shore specifically, um, I actually live down in uh, Hingham. And uh, it's just got this charm and beauty. I know the winters suck, but, like, it's just got this beauty to it that, you know, I've tried to find out on the west coast doesn't exist to have that colonial charm with the beach and the weather it doesn't exist yeah. and it's just like that's why I'm everybody here. in, in, in <laughs> yeah. more and more with like you know instagram and all these things and you see these people on like beaches in bali and and you know you're you just wish you could be out in southern california all, all year round and i'm trying to create this like hey like we can do all that shit here, right? Like we can we can surf at you know Nantasket. Oh, yeah. We can we have it all here. We we're you know an hour and a half to the White Mountains or whatever you want to do. There's yep. so much cool stuff. Um, so I I like to ask the question: What's kind of your daily stoke? You get a free Saturday, uh, maybe oh, maybe with the wife and kids or or maybe yeah. not. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Well, one I live I give it I lived what, a couple miles from the beach. Yeah. Uh, in the woods. Yeah. Which is great. A little sanctuary. I've got turkeys and fox and deer and i've got everything visiting me in my yard yeah. right so which is rare yeah. to live so close to the beach but if i can surf and golf and have one of my favorite sandwiches you know like freaking i mean i i have it all I, there's yeah. nothing i need i don't have to worry about locking up my house i just mm-hmm. there's, there's this thing about community safety i feel privileged mm. it's like kind of like a, the best kept secret yeah you know and honestly so like i think just being home because I travel so much. So like, what's my thing? If I'm home on a weekend, doesn't matter. I could sit in my house and I'm home and yeah. it feels great. So like, but yeah, like you said, like I, you know, like I love surfing. I'll surf it, you know, all the time. And there's all these different beach, you know, beach breaks, point breaks. Yeah. Do you, you know. do down in situate or where do oh, you Oh yeah. Do you I'll go? go to, you know, I go to Nantasket for a beach break, yeah. Peggy for the point break, you know, yeah. I go to by, by the lighthouse a few times. Like there's yep. like all these different breaks. So I'll go to Rhode Island a good amount. Yep. This year I haven't surfed as much. I grew up surfing. So this year I kind of took a took time off and I spent all my free time golfing yeah. because I shot a lot of titles and stuff. So I was inspired. Yeah. But, um, 
I think it's the freedom to do those things. Yeah. We have it all here, mm-hmm. and and that's why I, I that's why I moved here. It's a gorgeous place. It's so weird. It's so it's so underrated in so many ways. But like I don't care because I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, if I had to if I had to change it, I would say I need better pizza places in the South Shore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some, some New York style or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, something. just like yeah. I, it's weird. It's all kind of the same. Yeah. Like there's just certain restaurants I love and I go to and. You know, like I, like I said, like the you know the galley is one of my favorite spots. Yeah, or, great um, spot. Great spot. Um, uh, I love Jake's, man. Jake's, you know, the yeah. in Hull, gotta oh, yeah. go there. Toast for breakfast. The Stars is incredible. I go there all the time. Red Eye Roasters. My buddy oh, yeah. Bob Weeks owns that place. And yeah. I've known him for years. So it's like these little cool, cool trendy places are popping up. And it's like, it makes me feel like I'm in L.A. And that's yeah. kind of like why I built the studio the way I built it. I want people to come in here and they're like, where the hell am I right now? I'm not in, totally I'm not in Quincy. Yeah. You know, totally. and that's, so I'm trying to change the way people think of where they are. Amen. You know? Anywhere I you're from that. is where you're at. You know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. 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 Make, make, make the, bring the coolness And here, it's happening. You know? it it's is. happening. You see it. It is. Yeah. You see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, this man. has been amazing. My pleasure. It's been amazing. My pleasure. Yeah, appreciate so fun. it. fun. <laughs>